In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hear this gospel every year or so, and it's a good thing because there there are a few gospels, in my opinion, that um, are as consistently puzzling and and thought-provoking and jarring, and it seems like it almost doesn't make sense. I would suggest that as you, as you read through it again, or th- think it over, if you remember it, don't pay too much attention to details that aren't there. It's entirely possible to read too much into a story or read too much into a parable. Especially when our Lord gives the explanation. Make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Our Lord is talking about salvation, getting to heaven. Use what you have at your disposal now. in a way that promotes your salvation. The use of the example and the long story helps illustrate some aspects of how we should um, understand ourselves and our things. So it's very helpful to have the fathers of the church, the ones who were writing just a generation, two, three generations after the apostles, making the same point. And emphasizing what comes out of the parable, which is that nothing we have is our own. Everything we have really belongs to somebody else. Pseudo-Dionysius says, There is a certain erroneous opinion inherent in mankind, which increases evil and lessens good. It is the feeling that all the good things we possess in the course of our life we possess as lords over them. And accordingly, we seize them as our special goods. But it is quite the contrary. For we are placed in this life not as lords in our own house, but as guests and strangers. Led whither we would not, and at a time we think not. He who is now rich suddenly becomes a beggar. Therefore, whoever you are, know yourself to be a dispenser of the things of others, and that the privileges granted you are for a brief and passing time. Cast away then from your soul the pride of power, and put on the humility and modesty of a steward. St. Ambrose says very simply, from this we learn then, that we are not ourselves the masters but rather the stewards of the property of others. And lastly, pseudo Chrysostom writes, But if we take the parable allegorically, after our departure, hence there is no more time for working. 
The present life contains the practice of what is commanded. The future, consolation. If you have done nothing here in vain, then are you careful for the future, nor will you gain anything by begging. The foolish virgins are an instance of this, who unwisely begged of the wise, but returned empty. For everyone puts on his daily life as his inner garment. It is not possible for him to put it off or exchange it with another. That particular emphasis picks up that detail from the dishonest steward saying, I can't dig, I'm not going to beg, I can't do anything once I'm kicked out of this job. That detail helps us focus on how while we are alive, that's when we can do and work and pray and intercede and offer penance. That's when we can cooperate with the work of God. That's when we can be instruments of grace for our salvation and the salvation of others. But when our lives are complete, there will be no more time to work or do anything. We will then simply be at the mercy of God's judgment. Pseudo Chrysostom then goes on to say, with that in mind, as often as man, perceiving his end approaching, lightens by a kind deed the load of his sins, either by forgiving a debtor his debts or by giving an abundance to the poor, dispensing those things which are his Lord's, he conciliates to himself many friends who will afford him before the judge a real testimony, not by words, but by the demonstration of good works. Nay, moreover, will provide for him by their testimony a resting place of consolation. In the end, he says, but nothing is our own. All things are in the power of God. It is a beautiful thing to see someone complete their life and to have done so much good and to witness a, a, a perfect death in the grace of God and surrounded by love and prayers. But that person who's prayerfully approaching heaven knows that it is as a sinner who's saved only by the blood of Christ and the mercy of God the Father. So all of us, especially those who seem most ready for heaven, really can see ourselves as a kind of steward who's losing his job. Our time is up. It's not as though we're being rewarded because we have done so much good and there is no more good that we can do. Therefore, the only thing left is for God to bring us to heaven. No, for all of us, it's simply going to be our time is up. That's all the time we got.
And at that point, it'll, it'll, when, once our time's up, it's, it's going to be too late to, to change our clothing, to change who we are. We, we, we need to foresee the, that end, and hopefully from a long way away, and already begin to use everything uh, at our disposal to be ready for that, so that when we can, when we can do nothing to fend for ourselves, that everyone upon whom we will depend will provide for us. This past May, I think, you know, I was uh, back in Germany to visit my aunt. My brother came along with me. And it provided for a very interesting pastoral visit. My aunt's very dear next-door neighbor was dying of cancer, younger than me. A fallen-away Catholic. And... Because her very dear friend was being visited by two nephews who were priests, she reached out, even though she hadn't been in contact with a Catholic priest in who knows how long, to visit with us to receive the sacraments. And we visited on on multiple occasions. Among the things I urged her to do was to pray every day this prayer to St. Joseph. And I promised her I would pray it for her every day as well. She passed away two weeks ago, and it's the, probably the, the, the longest daily preparation for death that um, I've accompanied someone on. So I'll read it to you, and I commend to you that the, the loving trust and at the same time the utter, utter humility that's expressed in these ancient words. O Saint Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that after having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press to him my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.